Hey guys, this is Tim Schwab. I'm the CEO of uh, RPG Labs in Portland, Oregon. I am a three-time entrepreneur, a worldwide uh, startup advisor, and um, and today we're talking to uh, to Andrew. And I don't remember how to say your last name, so I'll let you do that in a little bit. But um, so we're talking to Andrew, who I met while uh, at my last startup, Sales Beach. Um, Indiegogo was one of our customers. And he was uh, one of the primary users of the product there. And uh, since then, we've gotten back in touch. And now um, Andrew's part of uh, what we're doing here at RPG Labs. And I've been taking him through my um, foundational principles and exercises associated with our foundational series. So um, the way that we do things at RPG Labs is we're all about um, assessing talent um, and then training and development, developing that talent and then um, optimizing um, that talent through optimizing their physical cognitive abilities through uh, various strategies. Um, and so everything starts with the, uh, the foundations, right, the inner game. And the, um, the idea is that if, I, if we get clear on what it is that, um, that our aspiring entrepreneurs and startup teams uh, want to accomplish, so whatever their, what their vision is, um, then we provide them with the tools and the, the systems to, to, to get there, um, starting with the foundations, which are essentially systems thinking, personal mastery, um, shared vision, team learning, and mental models. All five of those disciplines are covered in a book by Peter Senge uh, called The Fifth Discipline. Um, highly recommend it. Otherwise, you can always read my posts on Medium uh, at Tim Schwab. So you can find me on Twitter. Um, I cover, I have part one and two on there with some supporting articles. Um, so yeah. So Andrew, how's everything going? Everything is good. So I'm Andrew Mandelbaum. I'm currently a senior at Hamilton College, wrapping up my final semester there and looking for advice from Tim Schwab. The nice. founder of RPG Labs or the co-founder, whatever he's titled himself. Right, whatever sounds better for the particular event. Well, I, was, I was watching Scrubs uh, the, recently. That's been my most recent binge show. And there's yeah. this whole episode. Have you watched? Um, I'm familiar with Scrubs. There's a whole episode where the main characters go back and forth because one of them, they get named uh, chief residents together. Okay. And then one of them has the sign co-chief tacked on their door. So they, for the rest of the episode, are the co-chief, and the other one's just the chief. <laughs> right, right. Nice. I like it. I like it. So cool. So so far, um, so my personal coaching model has four steps, um, and it can be either as a system where we uh, where I go through it over and over, um, or it uh, can be a simple process. It just depends on how long I'm working with somebody and what their goals are, and if I can help along the way. Um, then great. If not, then, you know, then they can go elsewhere and find a different coach. But, um, that was noise. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get this light better, but I didn't really do a good job. That's all right. Nobody sees the videos. It's all about okay. the podcast. <laughs> it's true. So, um, I like that in dark side then I guess. Oof, deep. So, um, so the way that I, my coaching model, my personal coaching model that I got from my mentor is um, the first step is to engender trust. So, you know, Andrew and I have worked together before. So the trust part's kind of handled as long as I don't screw it up. Um, and then after that is to, you know, clarify um, their purpose. 
And, you know, so Andrew and I have, went through a couple exercises. He's going to have to read the fifth discipline. Um, but uh, essentially, um, Andrew went through uh, an ideal day exercise, which is one of the first things I have somebody do, which is part of um, developing their vision and, um, and their purpose. And so we had done that together. And um, we dug into that a little bit more to, to, to see if we could kind of start, start Andrew down the path of figuring out what his purpose is uh, so we can wrap that in with uh, the vision because not only does it give you extra energy um, for those projects that are aligned with uh, your, your purpose and vision, but um, it just helps you make better decisions along the way. Um, so we've done that. And then since then, we identified the two areas that Andrew wants to, um, to work on on his, way to, uh, on his way to his goal of having a uh, happily productive staff of 50 at a startup that uh, are all gleefully perfectly happy in what they do. Just so gratified by shipping everything on time. Just Nazi camp. Anyway, um, wow, that was really that was a bad poll, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Consider your audience, Tim. Anyway. Uh, you just have to, when you go over, just make it blank camp. Like camp. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Insert, you know, whatever awful group your particular nationality aligns with. Yeah. Um, all right. So... So we had done that. And so those two categories are uh, leadership and management. And so Andrew went through and kind of graded him himself um, on each piece. And I had given him some notes. So did you get a chance to check that out? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay, and cool. Just so going over your notes, the first thing I see is uh, some <laughs> of these some of these responses to are interesting. Because the one that at least I can most easily target, because I can just say that... Um, for manager uh, qualities, um, for, from the bunch I listed, um, one of them is uh, open to change versus open-minded. Sure. And these differ for me because open-minded means before you've set yourself down a path, you've taken into sure. account all of these different ideas. And open to change is more once you're on that path, how willing are you now Got to it. be open-minded about the path that Got you're it. on? Okay. And that's yeah, no problem. So we can leave that in there. I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of elegance, so anytime yeah, I, mean, I, just, know, I can capture one idea into kind of a broader topic, I always do. Um, yeah. So bullets. But then I all about sub bullets down. It's uh, about that sub bullet life. Cool. Uh, all right. So cool. So, <laughs> um, so then on there, I also added kind of the um, foundational stuff that we're talking about. Um, and one of the next things I wanted to cover was, um, in, you know, after we look over kind of this, uh, the spreadsheet that you put together, um, if you need to put it into something um, like, uh, I don't know, whatever format you use that's best for you, a lot of times um, I'll just write stuff out in my, you know, in my moleskin grid paper. Um, and that just kind of helps drill it into my brain, but yeah. everyone's different. So whatever works for you. Um, but I added the, the, some of the stuff at the bottom, uh, it's not a, you know, a full, um, final list or anything, but of the, I thought you chose really good topics and then, um, or really good, uh, sections. So which ones did you think you had the most room for improvement or that you felt you'd get a lot of leverage on working on next? 
Well, I mean, so education is something that you can always increase and always get better at. So that's kind of a, the most basic one. And I think that, I mean, the reason why it's report card format is because of that, um, because you're trying to improve on specific categories. So I think that's going to be a product of the other ones at the same time, but that's definitely one there. Um, then after that, I think figuring out more, um, I need to work on my, I think commitment and my, um, self-direction. Um, I think so. And these are two, you said, you know, I was a bit hard on myself maybe, but, but even if that was, even if that is true, I think that once I have an idea and I'm set on it, I'm much more productive towards it. And I just, as uh, the vision exercise kind of works on, as I get to that point where I can clearly see really what it is and how I'm getting there, then that right, commitment absolutely. will be driven I mean, because of that. Some people are driven just by like duty or yeah. whatever, but for me that hasn't worked out too well uh, in the past. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. On so board cool. with you. So the, uh, typically the way that you improve in any area is um, – it's two areas. So I have them split up in a, in a strategy map that, or in a uh, mind map that I'll share with you where, so each level um, has a component of education and experience, right? So you both need to, to learn new concepts mm-hmm. and principles and then take them out into the real world and practice them and get education. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, for all of these, you know, I can certainly recommend, um, you know, different stuff you can read. Uh, some of this experience is just going to come through whatever. Um, but for the stuff that, that I'd like to cover first, before we get into specifics and kind of aligning um, stuff and figuring out whether you're going to start a company right away, or, if, you know, if we find a, you know, you do the startup thing for a little while, both are viable and both will get you where you want to go. Um, it just depends on how much turbulence you can handle on the way there. As a three-time entrepreneur, I can tell you it takes it out of you every single time. And um, my friend John Gillen at Roost, who is doing well now, but he's a seven-time entrepreneur. He's only 25. And the first five were failures. So that's a wrap. You yeah, I mean, if you've got stepping that, up to right, the plate and trying again. If you've got that in you, then maybe that's the route. But if you prefer to just, you know, to work for another company and have kind of a comfortable life and build up kind of a um, some cash in the war chest so that you can fail comfortably, fine. Um, that's not been my style. I just kind of throw everything into every to whatever thing I'm doing at the time, and hopefully things work out. I typically don't make the same mistake twice other than consistently approaching things with that style. So in terms of, um, uh, so yeah, so we'll, we'll spend more time on the, um, on the vision, uh, probably next time, but I wanted to cover systems thinking first. So are you familiar with systems thinking or systems and intelligence as a, as a topic or as an idea? Um, in terms of like how to model, well, I don't know. I would say how to model processes. But you have processes are not systems. separately. So. Systems are self renewing, right? No answer. So, in order for something to be a true system, yeah. it has to replenish itself. So, uh, there's a difference between a sales process, which managers uh, manage and leaders design, and that executives uh, typically create the the system. 
So let me see if I can find mm-hmm. a diagram and I can walk you through one. So the cool thing about systems thinking is that there's something called a um, systems archetype, which we'll cover. So there's only like five or six um, real um, system archetypes, if you will. And we're just in a world of different flavors of them, right? And so by being familiar with them and um, being able to see it intuitively and then also to use kind of the diagram approach to to describe it to other people, you can kind of see problems before they happen in a business sense and in a personal sense, just make better decisions. so then systems are kind of what the processes are built around. Is that processes what live within systems. Yeah. So you build your framework, is which broader, is your systems, yeah. and then this is broader than that. over yeah, that that's, framework. That's very specific to business, but, but this is broad. So this covers everything. But, but no, but systems for anything. That's I mean, true. a framework can be used in any, okay, in any setting. I just want to make sure you're there. So I don't it's know if you can a, see this very well. I could try to move it in. So this, okay. So anyway, so <laughs> this is essentially what happens when you have a concrete vision of what you want and you have a goal or anytime any group is working towards a goal. So let me back yeah. it up. So you've got, let's start here on the left, uh, on the left side. So this is, uh, for those who can't see, it's simply a circle, two circles, one on top and one on bottom that are connected. And, uh, I'm going to kind of walk Andrew through this as best I can. Um, I'll also have a PDF uh, attachment uh, linked to the podcast. I just made that up, but I will have it. So, um, so you start with the vision. So <laughs> that's over on the, on the other side, where, which is what you want, right? And then as you compare that to current mm-hmm. reality, right, there's a gap. And so following the lower circle, that gap is what creates, um, I'm sorry, the, uh, the higher circle. So the gap creates creative tension, which can then lead to pressure to lower the vision because you're constantly seeing that you're not there yet and maybe things aren't working out. And uh, just the size of the vision impacts the amount of uh, tension, right? So creative tension is good. That's from the gap. Emotional tension is not good. A lot of people live in a state of stress and anxiety. That is the path to the dark side. So, but, and so then the pressure to lower the vision then influences your vision, right? And then that influences the gap between current reality. So then on the bottom one, that creative tension, the gap um, influences actions to bring your vision closer to, or to bring reality closer to your vision. Then there's a delay, Right. So let's say your vision is to get up and brush your teeth. Well, there's not a big delay there. There's not a lot of creative tension there. Um, that delay is pretty short. But now for me, I'm trying to raise uh, $5 million for RPG in 2016. Um, so that delay is about 12 months. And that's a pretty big goal. There's a pretty big difference from where we're at today and raising that money. So there's a lot of creative tension. So can you kind of see, see on, these are both balancing processes. Right. So can you kind of see how they work as a system? Yeah, that well, one is the idea system and the other is the tangible. Yeah, one is the I guess. Right. So this is. a, And they work with each other and against each other to create the final. end result. So those are balancing processes. The bottom one's a balancing process with a delay. 
Um, and then the easiest one to understand is, where is it? I know I've got this in here somewhere. But So though, if those are balancing processes, um, then the system is just them working against each other? Correct. Is the vision versus dynamic. the reality? Mm -hmm. Which is the big one there. That's where you, you start, right? So you have the, the, the difference between your vision and current reality, which then creates the, uh, the energy to get shit done. Yeah, and so then just for comparison, what would so be that a second is a type balancing of um, loop at the top, and then a balancing loop at the bottom with a delay. So the other one is a growth loop, which is very simple. I can describe it in three. Uh, there it is. So you've got um, sales of a product, right? And if it's a good product, you have satisfied customers, yeah. which influence. You know, positive word of mouth, which increases sales, which et cetera, et cetera. Now, if this had no, um, this is a uh, what you would call a, I don't know, a viral loop is a growth loop. I mean, they have so many names, right? Um, products, I mean, not product cycles, but any um, any revenue system that that uh, is renewable, predictable revenue, it's a full system, right? So then, now if this okay. went unfettered right then this would continue on and there'd be infinite growth well that's not how the world works right so what's that but you okay well i've what you think we'll find all the hacks together my friend but for now these G are the best ones i have gdp has uh, gone up year over year but there's lots of uh, <laughs> so attached to those growth loops are balancing processes so if you think back to the one i just showed you um as the sales increase um, as does the complexity of being able to deliver good customer service, right? So this is the scaling problem, right? So now all of a sudden you've got really, you know, you've got a lot of sales and a lot of customers. Well, if, uh, if you were thinking this way ahead of time, you'd be able to see down the line and say, oh, we're going to need customer service people in order to keep those customers happy. And then we're also going to need more um, designers and developers. And um, so then you can see how it kind of has a cascading effect on the whole system. So if you don't have good customer service, you don't get it, you start getting negative word of mouth and that cycle, that loop, if it's not corrected, will start going in the opposite direction, right? And it'll become a vicious cycle. Yeah. And so there's almost no end. Like we could think about balancing processes on growth, growth loops all day. So think about when you're trying to lose weight, right? You start by cutting calories. And if you stay, let's say I, I'm eating three, 1,300 calories, which is below my maintenance number. So I lose weight for four weeks, right? But if I keep the diet the same, what happens? And my yeah. exercise is the same. It plateaus. So another balancing process. So I need to throw something in either to the growth loop or remove the balancing process, or removing remove the limiting factor. That's called a limits to growth archetype. Make sense? Yeah. So growth, but does that fit into the growth? It thing, does. Or yep. is that a separate? So it's all growth and itself. growth loops and balancing processes that play together. Okay, and so these are now these are two of the five or six archetypes yes, that correct. you could potentially have. So for limits systems. to growth is the big one. That was a really big and big idea in I don't know early '90s. Uh, there was I think it was William James 
that had first pointed it out. Um, anyway, but the, the important part is, is that, um, I've been studying this and working with these for five years and my, you know, my ability to accomplish stuff and to create, um, systems that are, um, what am I looking for that are self-sustaining and, um, and last for a long time has, um, really impacted my ability to do what I want and get what I want. So, yeah, so those are the two basic ones, uh, to understand. Um, and so what we'll have you do is, um, you'll, you're going to want to get a copy of the fifth discipline. Um, I do have a systems diagram up on my medium account. I believe it's a shared vision system diagram. So in there, I'm talking about how vision spread, uh, amongst teams and, um, and the limiting factors, uh, to that. So pull that up. And then, um, once you're comfortable with it, maybe by next week or the week after, I'll have you actually write, draw system diagrams like I did for uh, different scenarios for any, anywhere, essentially what I'm giving you with the archetypes are templates that you can then place on top of different Wait, You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So these are pretty big ideas. A lot of people typically don't get them, but everyone that I'm working with uh, based on my intuition uh, can handle it. And it sounds like you got a good, uh, good grip on it. Yeah, I mean, it, so it seems like to me, uh, well, I don't know what the other four or five are. I can't think of them offhand because I'm not exactly sure which direction they're going in. But it seems like from like it seems like uh, the balancing one is how you build, as you were saying, like the vision for the company out. And that then is then blostered by the growth one, which is how do you grow this company into the vision that it fits inside one of those loops of the vision right. system. So that so that one, um, I forget the name for it. I just gave my last book to Tara of the fifth discipline. Um, but that, so the first one I showed you was, uh, about vision and, and creative tension, um, and how, you know, and how pressure to lower the vision can, uh, is actually something that happens over and over again. Right. So if you, if you lower the vision that reduces the stress, right. And so that feels yeah. good. And so then the next time that stress comes up, well, no, I guess I don't really want to raise $5 million. I'm fine raising $1 million, right? And then it goes on and on. And it, it's typically not the end of the story. So now um, there will be another, in that case, there would be another balancing process that would loop up against that, which might be my internal desire to achieve a certain amount of success, right? So maybe I deal with the stress yeah. because of that. Right. And I put up with it oh. and I fight against it. And that might even cause more stress. Right? So it really never ends. And so the point isn't to spend hours and hours mentally masturbating about it, but to get the concepts down in such a way that you can see this stuff in your head in like 3D and walk around it. Right. Um, yeah. So that first one, those are two balancing loops. Right. Um, let's forget about the word process and systems for now. Assume we're thinking squarely in systems only. So instead of processes, I'll call them loops. So that's cleaner. So they, the, those are two balancing loops. Um, and then you have a growth loop attached to a balancing loop. Those are limits to growth structures. Um, you also have another fascinating one that I really like is the uh, escalation archetype. Um, so I do believe I have an example and I won't bother trying to hold it up to the camera. I can just walk you through it. Those are, that's also two balancing processes. Let me find it. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, two growth loops. So it's any time. So if you think of the uh, an arms race or any escalation where you have two parties that view their position as relative to the other. So any competition, any, you know, think of the U.S. Yeah. arms race, the Cold War, um, all that shit. Uh, it's well in that? technology. It's well in technology. Right. Just, yeah, you know. exactly. Um, so Salesforce and Oracle, right? They, you know, all that yeah. stuff. And so it's, it's really just two, um, two um, growth loops attached to each other. So you start with, um, let's say, A and B on both sides. So you have um, A seeing B as a threat to their position, which leads to A's vehemence, right? Which influences the, uh, th- which creates a threat to B's position, which then inf- increases B's vehemence, and so on and so forth. And so the only way out is to um, change your perspective on what winning means, right? So this is why people who um, who get really good at anything. Um, I know you're a runner. I don't think I mentioned this before, but one of my friends growing up is uh, Chris Zelinsky, and he is a um, Olympic runner. Um, I don't know how much he's accomplished. I believe he's been struggling with injuries, um, actually, because he pushes himself too hard and just you know too many reps. Um, in general. So, um, but anyway, so anyone that gets good at anything, they start competing against themselves, right? Because it's the only way to stop it. So on the one hand, you might say like, uh, you, you look at someone like Michael Jordan. Well, he never stopped that. He just kept, and same thing with Eminem and a lot of people that reach a certain level of mastery, they just change the enemy. Right. That's all they do. And um, I'm guilty of that. And I don't think it's a bad thing as long as you can manage the stress and you can manage the boom and bust cycle that comes with that. Because if you redline the engine too long in every sense, it's going to break down and you're going to have to rebuild. Maybe you'll rebuild it better, but that's just that cycle. So, um, yeah. So those are um, all of those. All of those are covered in the fifth discipline, and you know I'll create uh, my own. But um, so yeah. So does that uh, make sense so far? Yeah, it seems like uh, systems can be an interesting way. Of it's thinking. helpful. You sound skeptical. I, I I have to think about it more before I decide Good how call. much value it has. I mean, it's I I don't know because when you what you're describing as systems, I would just describe as like another word for processes. processes <laughs> like, I don't know. Processes. What? End. I mean, I guess they can. And uh, systems are talking about the, the dynamic pieces that influence each other. Processes okay. might be, okay, I'm going to clean the kitchen. Step one is to wipe off the table. Step two is to sweep the floor. And I'm really smart because I swept the table first. Now I don't have to sweep it twice. Right. Congratulations, you're a process yeah. manager. Um, <laughs> whereas the system is really kind of looking at the broad picture and thinking um, ahead, right, and and being able to kind of uh, run what's going on a little longer. So let's take it to the personal world. Think of it like a relationship, right? In the beginning of any relationship, you've got a growth loop for falling in love, essentially. But 
then eventually your body stops producing the same hormones as it did before. You also have seen each other a lot and, you know, the same stuff isn't as exciting. So you run into another balancing loop. Um, and so it slows down mm -hmm. that you could view it as a process and I could be like, okay, well, step one, you fall in love. It's hot and heavy. Step two, then it's not so much. And then step three, I mean, then what, then do I have to branch off into different things and say, well, if it's good, then it goes like this. If we like, it's no, it's, it's not a process. It's a system. Right. So. I mean, I, I guess. You can draw out any process, okay, I guess. I, I guess I feel, I feel like. Is that a process? Okay. I mean, it's a, I say, you're saying it's a series of processes versus. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're interlocking. They're, they're, they're dynamic uh, elements that influence each other renewing okay so the water cycle right of the process might be you know step one it rains step two moisture is you know um absorbed back into the atmosphere and then creates clouds and then um you know and then what then you just keep listing out those steps i guess that would be the process way to kind of do a system i guess that'd be like uh uh so a process is one task you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just like a process within a business is to, you know, handle payroll. That's a process. But the system would be looking at the P&L sheet, the money coming in and the money going out, right? Uh -huh. Maybe that's the best okay. example. I'm just coming up with these as I go. So um, so there's, there's, there's no. nothing but archetypes. And the advantage in, from, from my perspective is by doing that, you can really boil down any situation. Um, another, um, another archetype is the uh, boiled frog, right? So if you put a frog in, in a pan on the stove because you're a crazy serial killer and you turn it up to hot to try to boil this frog, or maybe you're hungry, actually eating frogs isn't so weird. So you turn it up all the way into hot and you throw the frog in. It just jumps right out. But if you put it in and you add a delay and you slowly turn up the heat, the frog will sit in there and boil to death. So um, everyone around me, the people that work with me, even in my personal life, will hear me say this stuff. Like I'll be like, oh, boiled frog, right? And it's a word that describes this kind of complex dynamic, right, in every situation. Have you tried this? Boiling a frog? No, but if, when you, if and when you come to Portland, we, we can certainly try it. I'm just curious as if it works. I don't really need to see the frog <laughs> as, it, as it realizes it's dying all of a sudden, you know? Oh, but, this is getting dark and macabre. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, okay. I'll keep that in mind for when I have my next frog. <laughs> as it, I mean, you make it sound like as if you've had another frog or a previous frog. So you're like my next frog. Um, you know, in a past, past life, life, I was a frog herder. All right. So cool. So, okay. So, um, you and I will, uh, I'm going to table the, the leadership and management spreadsheet for now. I'm going to, you definitely use it and, um, look it over, but I want to get this system stuff covered because everything else, including, you know, the vision and everything else that we're going to cover will have principles of the, you know, the systems in them. Um, and so that'll be helpful. So I want to get you to an intuitive grasp on it. So if you can, uh, if you can get the book, great. If not, um, you can probably get the gist from this conversation. Um, the audio will be posted, uh, probably in the next few days on iTunes.
Um, so you can grab that. Um, and then we'll do next time. So if you have time, try to draw out some, um, either draw out the systems archetypes that I have online um, or the just the system diagrams that I have online. Um, or yeah. if you're feeling really advanced, start to create some for yourself, whether that's in your personal life or professional life, um, whatever, whatever works. Otherwise, we can cover that after next week. I have systems in my life. I'm a runner. That's true. You've got to wake up and you've got to run in the morning. Uh-huh. And then the next day, you've got to wake up and say, how far should I run today? How injured am I? How much? Right, right. Exactly. And then pick out your own. And if you don't eat, then that influences your, you know, the amount of energy and your performance. But if you eat too much, that also influences it. So there's a happy balance there. And then there's your... And sleep. And sleep. That's right. So recovery, I mean, I think we talked about this before. I mean, the key in in achieving elite performance in anything is uh, focusing on recovery. Because if you want something bad enough, you're going to do the things, right? What you're going to need to do is force yourself to recover, right? Which will give you more performance, which sounds simple, but is non-obvious when you're in the the rat race, right? When you're in the rat, the the maze and you're going through it um, and you're in the forest, so to speak. So cool. Any questions while you got me? Um, well, not really a question, but just an update on where I am in my life at this point is, uh, so I've, I applied to this job, Epic Systems, and uh, I'll be flying out on Sunday to go interview on campus with them. And that's going to be for their project manager role, which has uh, some interesting things, I think, for me to gain from it. Because so one of the things on my leadership thing that I didn't really even, uh, I didn't give myself a grade for was uh, delegation ability. Yeah, And uh, I left that one off because I, I feel like to delegate, you kind of need people actually under you yeah. or like your level or with you or i think that's more of that's a, how you get the practice but you can you can do it at, at any with anybody regardless
and love it so much they never want to leave. Yes, perfect. We can we can build you an army of nine year olds, um, or uh, in this case, metaphorical nine year olds. But um, cool, dude. All right, man. Well, uh, work on that, and I'll talk to you next week. Yep, sounds good. Have a good one. Right, bye.